Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Why don't we go right to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name, O Lord. We thank you so much for this time that we have here with you today, O Lord. And pray that Holy Spirit will just minister to us in your own special way. Touch us, speak to us, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1, and I'm glad you could join us here today. And I'm just going to start off with by asking you a very simple question. How many here feel, how many of you that are watching, uh, feel that you have pretty good vision? that you can see pretty well, okay? You think you can? Okay, then I'm gonna ask you to to uh, to go along with me in doing this little bit of an experiment, you know, and you can do it right there from where you are. Okay, I want you to look at your Bible, and then I want you to close one eye, okay? Look at your Bible and then close one eye. By the way, if you don't have your Bible, now's a good time for you to go and get it, put it on pause, and then come back and join us again. Okay, so look at your Bible, close one eye, and then I want you to put one finger close in front of your open eye, okay? Put one finger close in front of your open eye, all right? Now try to read your Bible with the open eye. Don't move your finger, okay? But try to read your Bible with, with that open eye, with your finger in front of your eye. Well, how well can you see the page? Amen? How well can you see the page? Well, you certainly can't see the whole page. And certainly you most likely, uh, or you can't see the whole page or you can't know exactly what is written on that page. And you can't know the whole truth about what is written because your finger is in the way blocking your eye there. Okay. And the sad thing is that even though, even though we can't see that page, many times we make assumption of what is being said. Amen. Sometimes we go on assuming, well, that paragraph really says so-and-so and so-and-so and, -so, and you really can't see it. Well, the same thing happens in our life in many, many ways. It happens in our life both spiritually and, of course, physically, okay? With that, what does the Word of God say about vision, all right? As usual, we have to base all of our messages here on the Word of God. So I want you, in your Bible, to turn to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 3. Matthew 7, verse number 3. If you have a red, a red letter Bible, these uh, words are written in red, meaning that this is Jesus doing the speaking. Verse 3. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in your own eye? Or wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in your eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam that is in your own eye, and then thou shalt clearly see to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Okay, so what that's basically saying is that, you know, if someone had a, a moat in their eye, something in their eye, and then you're trying to get it out, well, how can you see that little tiny moat if you've got a whole beam <laughs> in your eye? Okay, so what this is speaking to, of course, is referring to us being judgmental about other people. It talks about us being judgmental uh, to others, while we also need to make sure that our lives are doing right before we can start judging other people. That's what this particular scripture is referring to. What are some of the beams or planks that are in our own eyes that should be removed? Okay, we can't be judgmental of others and trying to tell them to get their acts together if our acts are not together for ourselves. Okay, so before you can take the, the moat, the small thing out of someone else's, what about the big things that are in your eyes or in your life? Before we can look at others, what beams might be in our own eyes? One area that is very important is what beams could be preventing us from seeing the realities of God in our lives, okay? Okay? 
what beams, what things could be in our lives that would be preventing us from seeing the realities of God in our lives. Take a look around you, you know, just take a look around you in the room that you're in. Can you see everything in your surroundings? Most of us would say yes, you can see everything that's in the room where you're sitting. But the truth is, whether your vision is 20-20 or whether you have corrected vision, you know, because of glasses or contact or contact lenses, the answer is the same. No matter how hard you try, you cannot, you cannot see everything that is around you, okay? No matter how hard you try, you cannot see everything that is around you, okay? Now, understand that we had a message about this before, but the human eye has a blind spot. The human eye physically physically has a blind spot. It's a small area on the retina where the optic nerve, the optic disc, and the op optic nerve connect. Okay, and that area is about the size of a pencil eraser. Okay, and without that area, it does not have any what's called photoreceptors. You know, which receive the light images, and then the light images are transmitted by the optic nerve to the brain, where our brain brain does the interpretation. Okay, but every every eye has that. Every human eye has has that uh, blind that blind spot, and we usually are not aware of this blind spot because God made us so magnificently. Okay, that this blind spot is there that doesn't directly receive light in that area because our brain fills in this blank area with the surrounding images. And so therefore our vision appears to be seamless, you know, and it appears that we aren't missing anything in our vision, okay? Because the, 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 the brain has a way, the eye has a way of filling in that information that is missing. So therefore we see an image that is, is, is uh, seamless, okay? It's smooth. We don't see any interruptions. We don't realize that blind spot is even there, okay? And we are most familiar with this when we're driving, okay? You, you know of that blind spot, particularly if you're in the driver's seat, that right, that mirror on the passenger side over over there, you know, you look in that mirror there for cars in that, that just, just that perfect positioning there, you cannot see it in that rear view mirror. That's why it's best when you're driving, of course, to give a quick glance before you go shifting lanes to the right. But that blind spot is very, very real. And if a car is in that particular position, you simply do not see it. Okay. Well, however, the Lord showed me that there's a correlation between the blind spot, um, and the, and the beam that scripture mentions here, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a link, there's a similarity here between the blind spot, you know, that's in our eye and the, and the, uh, and the beam or that blind spot, if you will, that the scripture is talking about. The same way that we have physical blind spots, we can also have spiritual beams or spiritual blind spots, if you will, in our eyes that prevent us from seeing the truth, okay? Okay, we have these blind spots in our spiritual lives that can prevent us from seeing the truth and understanding what the truth of God really is. And as I always say, you know, for every, every condition, you know, or law of physics in the physical realm, there is also a spiritual counterpart, you know, or likeness to that thing that is in the physical realm. Okay, whatever you can find in the physical realm, there's a, there's a spiritual link, a spiritual match to the same circumstances or conditions. All right. So that's what we're going to look at here today. So spiritually speaking, we also have beams or planks in our perception. Okay. In, in our perception concerning the things of God that keep us from seeing and understanding the truth. All right. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. I don't care how long you've been a born-again believer, you know, and your blood washed and spirit filled, filled and everything, there can indeed still be those spiritual blind spots that present us, or prevent us, I should say, from seeing and understanding the truth, from seeing and understanding what God is saying, is saying to us, okay? A spiritual being is our inability to see and understand a spiritual reality, even though it's right there in front of us. 
Okay. All right. You can have something right there in front of you. And if you've got a spiritual beam in your eye, you've got that blind spot, then you simply cannot see. You cannot understand the truth that is right there before us. Okay, because I mean, this is so important in our lives today because all of us are striving for so many things. We have prayers out there. We have we have goals, you know, we have accomplishments we want to achieve and things like that. And we're trying our best, you know, and we're praying and so on like that. But if you have a spiritual blind spot or a spiritual beam that's in your spiritual eye, so to speak, it could be preventing you from seeing exactly what is right there in front of you that can help you through your position. Okay, this can also impact how we see other people. Okay. And ourselves, for that matter, too. We can have spiritual blind spots that prevent us from seeing the realities of a relationship that uh, you, you may want to have or are having with, with another person. Okay, We can have these spiritual blind spots concerning our relationship to God, even. Okay, And maybe there be some true, there might be some truths out there that God wants you to see and understand, but you, and they're right there in front of you, but you can't see them because you have that spiritual blind spot that's there. You, you, know, you know, So the question is, Lord, I can't see. You know, Lord, why can't I see? Why can't I see? And that's the discern the, the title of this message today. You know, I can't see. Lord, I can't see. Amen. Amen. We have to watch over these blind spots here. And if you're unaware of them, of course, they're very, very difficult for us to address. Okay. Now, there, there, there are times when we are at times blinded to spiritual reality, and we can be crippled because of this by guilt and shame, anger and bitterness, worry and regret, and fear and anxiety. Okay. Having these blind spots in our lives can produce all of those feelings, you know, guilt, shame, you know, anxiety, the whole nine yards of just having a, a miserable life. Many times we live needlessly in defeat, okay? Many times we need needlessly in defeat. We become immobilized by our own mistakes or the mistakes of others, okay, because of this, this blindness, all right? It winds up impacting our lives to the point that we can't move in certain areas. We can't progress beyond a certain point. Because we're simply unable to see and understand the truth. You see, you see, so we need to make sure that we are aware of this, okay? But it doesn't have to be this way, saint of God. I just want to make sure you understand that. It doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to be immobilized or crippled by things that are happening in your life or not happening in your life simply because you can't see the realities. You can't see the truth. You can't see the realities and the truths that God wants you to see and to understand. So it doesn't have to be this way, okay? No, no, no matter how challenging or how frustrating one's life might be, Every person, every person, every person can discover the way to victory, hope, and a joyful new way of living, okay? All is not lost for you, okay? You may be at a point now, perhaps you've gotten to a point where you feel like all is useless. Oh, Lord God, I'm just kind of just, just floundering here, and I don't know, you know, whether to go to the right or to the left, you know, and you're really being crippled and stymied because you simply can't see what God has in store for you, right? You simply can't realize, you can't understand, okay, you've got this beam in your eye, you've got this spiritual blind spot here where you can't see where God really wants you to go. But again, there's hope. the hope for you today is in knowing that it does not have to be this way, all right? You can discover a new way to victory, hope, and, and a joyful, you know, way of living, you know, of living life. You know, I previously said before that there are uh, spiritual beams just as there are physical blind spots. And a beam, again, is an area in our lives that is negatively impacting us, but we are not aware that it's there. Okay? The beams that are in our lives, we most of the time are not aware that it's even there. The blind spot, we don't realize it's even there. Just like when you're driving, you don't realize that blind spot is there. 
you have to be conscious of the spot, of the fact that there is a blind spot, and make some effort here to turn and to look to make sure that it's safe to move ahead, that it's safe to continue going the way you're going. Amen. I mean, that, that, that blind spot, you know, in that car, if you if you ignore it's there, you know, you just want to shift lanes there to the right and you ignore the, the, the possibility of that blind spot being there and you go on and you shift into that right lane, you can get and wind up getting into a wreck or crash because there may be a car right there. Well, it's the same thing with us in our lives today. If you don't realize that there's a spiritual blind spot and you continue just progressing on along and you're going to make that move, you could wind up making, creating a wreck in your life. So we need to be conscious of the fact that there are spiritual blind spots and we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're looking to God to address the issue. All right? So what are some of the spiritual beings or the spiritual blind spots that we're talking about here? What are some of those, those spots that could be in our lives? Amen. Well, to start with, the most common beam that I've seen existing, the most common beam, beam in uh, a, a lot of Christians' lives, or for that matter, even people who don't yet believe, uh, is not seeing that the Word of God in a message or in a sermon could apply to you, that it appears to someone else. Okay, right? And I've seen that over the many years happen so many times. I mean, there'll be a particular message going out, you know, to the congregation or someone, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will quicken to you that someone really out there, someone really needs to be latching on to that message, okay? But that individual that could benefit so much from that message, though, that person, you know, feels like, oh boy, yeah, that applies to my, my Aunt Tilly. You know, that, that applies to my, you know, cousin, cousin Matthew or whatever, but it does not apply to them. That's a spiritual blind spot. Okay. Many times that we sit in sermons, I know when I, even, even, even when I'm preaching, you know, you know, the, 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 the points in the word and when I'm developing the sermon that I see that God is telling me that this applies to my life. Okay. And I can't go, uh, I can't go forward with the feeling that the message that I'm giving is only applying to someone out there. God may be speaking to me also. And when I've heard others preach and, and sermons and things like that, I can hear things from that sermon that certainly apply to my life. Okay. If you sit through a sermon, you know, I, I submit to you, you sit through a sermon and you hear a message and you can't grab something in that sermon and, and apply it to your life. Not necessarily um, um, uh, 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 something that is, uh, how can I say, uh, uh, bad for you or, or not something, something that is condemning you. Okay. But the Holy Spirit will convict us. Okay. Meaning like, you know, here's an opportunity for change to you. Here's something that you can use to change your life. Here's something that you can use to benefit your life. There may be a correction point there. Okay. Okay. But many times those blind spots will sit right there in the sermon and we will hear a message and we'll think, man, that sounds just like my cousin Vinny, or that sounds just like my so-and-so. And you don't see where it applies to you. Okay. All right. And I know this for a fact because many times there are individuals, you know, because of the fact that I know what's going on in their lives and things like that. And a particular point comes up in a sermon and then later on in speaking to that, in, to that individual, you know, it, they haven't grasped the fact that that portion of the sermon could benefit them by the way they're talking to me about a particular thing in their lives. Okay. So, so totally over their heads, so to speak. Okay, and that's a very, very, very dangerous blind spot to have in your life because that means then you aren't, aren't, uh, uh, you're not picking up, you're not astute enough, you're not sharp enough, or, or, or Holy Spirit inclined, you, you know, or, or you're not inclined to listen to to the callings of the Holy Spirit. Okay, 
right? There may be something in that message that is applying specifically to you, but for some reason you're not receiving it. You're thinking that it applies to someone else or it just goes off your head where it doesn't apply to you at all. That's a spiritual blind spot, okay, that many people possess. And it's quite, it's quite, quite common, okay? The next one is the unawareness of the existence of spiritual realities. That's a big, another big blind spot. We have to have an understanding of spiritual realities in this world. Okay, okay. If you, if, if you can believe that there's God, and you believe that God is indeed who he says he is, that God is God and that God is a spirit, that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the Holy Spirit is who he says he is. If you can believe all that, then you have to believe that there is also spiritual evil. Okay? You can't believe in one with the other. There are some that actually believe that there's a heaven and there's no such thing as hell. All right? You have to believe in the spiritual realities of this world, of this life, because if you don't believe in those spiritual realities, that's one of the greatest ways that the enemy can get into you, because one of the best weapons of the enemy is for those people that do not think he exists, okay? That do not think he exists. The most, the, the most, uh, uh, one of the best weapons of any, any kind of a, of a war, you know, warfare between two countries is for one side not to believe that the other country has spies within its, within its ranks, Okay, okay, the spy is the most effective weapon that's out there because you, the enemy, you know, the other, the other country doesn't know that that spy exists within its ranks. And so therefore that spy can get in there and do all sorts of damage. Okay, we have to realize that the enemy has spies in our lives. You know, these are the minions, the minions of the devil himself that he plants in our lives to, to, to oppress us, you know, to even possess us if it goes far enough. Okay, all right, now, if you're, you're a child of God and you, you have the Holy Spirit in you, so you're sealed, you know, so you can't be possessed but you can certainly be oppressed and we have to be aware of those spiritual realities so to deny those spiritual realities is another very big blind spot it's a big beam in your spiritual eye where you cannot see those things that might be right there in front of you you know so we have to really look at that another beam in our lives is that we have to be able to believe in the unseen world and the unseen power of prayer Okay, but it starts with removing that beam from your eye so that you can see exactly what God is saying to us here, okay? I mean, if you don't believe in prayer, I mean, that is a big, big blind spot. It's a big beam in your eye because you certainly cannot see and understand and benefit from the spiritual realities that God may have right there in front of you, okay? You might not be seeing them, okay, because of that spiritual beam, right? So, so we need to make sure that we are indeed embracing prayer. This is our line of communication directly with the Father. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. This is a fact. This is a spiritual reality. Okay, And if you cannot understand that, then you've got a blockage, you've got a beam, you've got a blind spot in your spiritual eye right now that is preventing you from, from turning your life around, that's preventing you from, from being totally victorious, from enjoying all of the things that God would have in store for you. You know, we go through turmoils, we go through all sorts of tribulations. Jesus said that we will have tribulations. He didn't say if, he says when you have tribulations. But God has given us Jesus Christ. God has given us his word. There are some, he's given us the, his armor. You know, he's given us so many tools and weapons here that we can fight the enemy so that we do not go through life, you know, you know suffering spiritually, which then winds up us with us uh, suffering physically also, because spiritual things can bring on negative physical things in our lives also, okay? And it, can, it can open a door, door to sickness and, and everything else, you know. So, so we have to make sure here that we are, are, are tuned in and very much aware of the spiritual reality of prayer.
Okay, we have to make sure we are very, very aware of that. We have to believe in that unseen world that we do not see with our eyes. Okay, to scripture again, let's go to Luke, Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. Thank you, Jesus. Luke 24. And we want to start with verse number 28. Luke 24, verse number 28. Okay, now the backstory to this, by the way, is that around, uh, they had gone to the tomb, you know, Mary and so on like that. They had gone to the tomb. Jesus was not there, etc. He was gone. And so then uh, uh, two, of them, two of them were walking along the road, and uh, uh, Jesus uh, joined them, came up and joined them. And Jesus basically asked them, what are you talking about? And they say, oh, we're talking about um, the, the things that happened, you know, with, with Jesus of Nazareth, how he was crucified and so on like that. And they were, they were kind of flustered, you know. They said, yeah, we heard that the, his body wasn't there, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're strolling along, you know, talking. Jesus pretended like he didn't know what they were talking about. So the two men started saying, well, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, he was crucified, etc. And how they said that uh, the women went to the tomb, he wasn't there, and so on. And so Jesus joins them in conversation. And then in, in, in verse number 28, it says, And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But when they constrained him, saying, um, Abide with us, for it is uh, toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. This is Jesus went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to them. Verse 31. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way as we were walking, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way while they were walking, and how he was known of them in breaking the bread. Okay, so until the time, all the time they were walking to him and walking with him, and and uh, at one point they even said to Jesus, you know, where have you been? You don't know what happened, you know, you know what happened with Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus was just pretending, like you know, tell me more, tell me more. They were looking right at Jesus and didn't know who he was, looking right at him. It was not until in verse number 31, where, where it says, or in verse 30, and it came to pass, as they said, it meet with them, and he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened and they knew him, okay? So it wasn't until at that particular time that all of a sudden, boom, the blindness from their eyes were dropped, okay? Okay? The veil that was on their eyes was dropped, and then they recognized Jesus, and then their eyes was opened. There was a reality that was right there in front of them, and they could not see it. There was a reality that was right there in front of them, and they could not see it. They did not see and understand that this was Jesus, all right? The same thing happens in our spiritual lives. There can be a reality in your life that is right there before you, but you can't see it right now because there's a beam in your eye. There's a spiritual blind spot that is there. Okay, all right, so, 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 and the reality here of this conversation, of this that we're having right now, you know, what I'm saying to you, the reality of this is that the Bible, the Word of God says that there are times that our eyes are, are, are blinded from truth, okay, and it takes God to make that revelation possible. 
It takes God to remove the blindness. Okay, right? It is said. It is, it is said that we don't know what we don't know. You know, in in in, the, in computer programming, I believe it's referred to as an unknown unknown. Okay, so so you, you don't know what you don't know. Well, you also can't see what you can't see. All right, okay. You cannot see what you cannot see. Okay, you, you don't know what you don't know. If you don't know it, you don't realize the fact that you don't know it because you don't know it. Well, if you can't see something, you can't see it because you can't see it. Okay, you don't know it's there because you can't see it. Okay, all right. So the same thing there there applies. All right, and that's very important. Sometimes the enemy has so clouded our vision that we need God to break in with light. Okay, to open our eyes wide so that we can see the supernatural events that are unfolding behind the scenes. Okay, there's a lot going on right around you right now as you're sitting in your room or in your car listening to this message. There's a lot in the spiritual realm going on right now around you and you can't see them. Okay, you can't see what activities are taking place behind the scenes. There's a spiritual reality around us that we are often simply, simply, simply not aware of. We often go through life being spiritually blind to what is going on with our prayer requests and challenges in this life. Okay. You have a prayer request like as before God. You have something out there right now that you're hoping to come to, uh, to to closure. You know, you have something out there right now that you hope will be made manifest before you in the natural realm, in the physical realm. And you don't know what spiritual activity is going on behind the scenes. Why? Because you can't see it. You can't see it. Your eyes are closed to that. Okay. And we go through life like this so many, many times. Amen. We don't know what, what activities are taking place in the spiritual realm. Okay. Another good scripture pertaining to that is uh, is two kings. Let's go to the second second book of Kings. Second book of Kings, and we want to go to chapter six. Second book of Kings, chapter six, and we want to start with verse number eight. Okay, this is when Israel was warring with Syria. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will, we not, uh, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's spying? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, Elisha the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city round about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, what are we going to do? You see all these horses and chariots that are out there. The army is there. And he answered, Fear not, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I say to you, I'm pausing for a, section, a, a, set, uh, for a moment here. Those that are with you, God himself, the heavenly host of angels that God has encompassed round about you to keep you safe from harm, seen and unseen. 
though you cannot see them, they're there. They're there, okay? And greater is he, the Holy Spirit of the living God, that is in you than he that is in the world, that old devil himself, amen? Greater, greater is he that is in you, okay? So then it's again, he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Okay? All right? So up until this time, you know, the young man looked out looked out over the wall there and saw the Syrian army and all of these horses and things out there, and he was fearful. He said, oh, boy, what shall we do? What shall we do? And Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the minute God removed the, the uh, veil from his eyes, the minute God removed the blindness from his eyes, he was able to see into spiritual truth. He was able to see into a spiritual reality. He was able to see this, to see that the chariots of fire, the angels that were, were surrounding the army, that they had no fear because they were greater. The Syrians were outnumbered by God's heavenly host. Okay, And I say to you today that, that, that God is around you. God is there. You cannot see behind the veil. You cannot see the spiritual realities that are happening right now in your life. You can't see it. Okay, Because for whatever reason, God has not revealed it to you. Okay, ready? Okay, okay. So, 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 Lord, I, I can't see. Lord, I can't see. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see and understand the spiritual realities of what is going on in my life. Okay, that promotion that you're praying for, that sickness you're praying to be healed of, that family member that you're hoping will come to the Lord, you don't know what spiritual realities are in motion right now that is out of your sight right now. It's out of your, 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 out of your points of vision because you simply can't see. Okay, all right, okay, all right. And, and, and this is true for all of our lives because we simply can't see. You know, there's a song that we sing in church all the time. It's called Open Our Eyes, Lord, okay? And it goes on, open our eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus, etc., etc. And then at point when I always, you know, you know, you know, leave church and sing in that particular song, the, the second verse, the second time that we, we sing that chorus, and when I always tell everyone listening to, replace open our eyes, Lord, with open my eyes, Lord. So the last half of that song, all of us are singing together, Lord, open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus, all right, all right, okay, I want to reach out and touch him, and so on the words go, all right, so at that point, I'm telling everyone to make that song when you're singing it, make it a personal prayer to God at that particular time when you're singing, just don't stand there with your arms raising, singing that song, open my eyes, Lord, you know, just because it's a bunch of words and there's music playing and whatnot, sing it as a prayer, Lord, open my eyes, I want to see Jesus, open my eyes, I want to see what is going on in the spiritual realm around me, open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes. You know, when we are waiting for God to do something in our lives, we can't see what is going on in that spiritual realm. From the beginning, Satan has been afraid that we will have our spiritual eyes open. He wants to keep us ignorant. You know, that's why you hear so many people, especially, especially non-believers, unbelievers, and whatnot, say, oh, no such thing as the devil. He loves that. He loves that because they are spiritually blind. Spiritually blind, okay? Right? Many times, even us Christians, you know, we get to doubting that the devil is operation in our lives, that he's in the background here trying his darndest, you know, to prevent us from seeing and understanding, 
You, you know, you know. Many times, the reason the reason that we become what appears to be uh, increased attack from the enemy is after we become born again, because then our eyes are becoming spiritually open. The whole time before we knew the Lord, we were in our sinful nature. We were out there, you know, carrying on and hanging out, doing everything we shouldn't be doing and, and whatnot. And you, you know, you are you weren't even thinking about the devil being out there. So, in all intents and purposes, you weren't even aware of his existence because you just went on doing your thing. But now that you've become a born-again believer and God is opening your eyes and Holy Spirit is talking to you, Lord Jesus is guiding you, now you become more aware of the devil's presence and then you become a threat. Amen? So he does not want us to have our spiritual eyes open, not by a long shot. You know, do not, do, do not become, become, become victim you know, you know, to, his, to his plot to keep you blind. To keep you unknowing, okay? Although we walk by faith and not by sight, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, sometimes God will choose to let us see, all right? God can do that anytime he wants to. He will choose to. Something sometime, uh, something supernatural, you know, to bolster, bolster your faith. Sometimes he'll give you a little glimpse of what's happening supernaturally just to bolster your faith, faith or just to get you, uh, get your attention, you know, that you're going astray even, you know? God may open your eyes a little bit just to get your attention, to let you know that you shouldn't go down that path, that you shouldn't make that decision. Like I said, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes when you're praying for something. God may open your eyes, you know, you know, spiritually, so open your eyes to see something, to see a little glimpse so that you'll know, Jesus, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't take that position. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, meet up with that person. Okay? Now, you know, now now, supernatural, you know, seeing something supernatural doesn't always mean seeing or hearing something outside of the natural, such as seeing an angel, okay? Okay, you know, supernatural, opening your, opening your eyes to something supernatural could mean, could mean something that has happened in your life that could not have happened unless God hadn't been involved, okay? Okay, I, 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 you know, there, there have been times when, when months have gone by, in one couple of cases, I'm thinking of a few years have gone by, before something that I was praying for finally uh, 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 materialized. And then God opened my eyes and let me see supernaturally what God had done that I was unaware of during that time to get me to where he wanted me to be. Okay? All right? So, so God can open your eyes. He can open your eyes if he so chooses. Okay? And again, opening your eyes to the supernatural does not always mean seeing an angel or something like that. It could be God revealing to you what has happened supernaturally in your life to get you to where he wanted you to be. When God opens our eyes and removes that beam, it may be in the form of a prophetic dream. It could be in the form of a vision. Or it could be simply a strong knowing in your spirit and understanding something in your life. Okay, All right. it could be, 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 be it could be by a vision, it could be by a, a, a waking vision. God can reveal things any way He wants to. He's sovereign. Okay, or well, sometimes it's simply a knowing deep within your spirit that this is what God wants me to do. Okay, that this is what it, it could be a spiritual revelation that this is God telling you what's going on. Okay, Lord, open my eyes because I can't see. Open my eyes, I want to see. Right. Now, although we should not be seeking supernatural experiences just for the sake of seeking supernatural experiences, okay? Don't get all hung up on that now. Oh, boy, I just want a supernatural experience. Oh, man, this is cool. I just want a supernatural experience. So we should not be seeking supernatural experiences just for the sake of seeking a supernatural experience. We should seek God and trust that he will give us what we need, okay? We should, we should seek God. We can simply ask God, Lord, is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything that I'm not seeing? that I should be doing, or that I should not be doing. 
Amen. Amen. We don't go seeking after the supernatural because like, you know, oh man, it's the end thing to do now, you know, so I can go telling people, oh wow, you know what the Lord did? Man, boy, I had this vision. Oh man, I had this goosebumpy, tingly feeling. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the wrong motivation. Okay. You're asking God to open your eyes that you may see because you want to serve him. You're asking God to open my eyes that I may see so that you want to do his will. You're asking God to open my eyes that I may see so that you may be pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. Then God will take the appropriate actions. If he chooses to remove the veil over your eyes, the covering over your eyes for a reason, to reveal your eyes to some supernatural uh, happenings or events that are going on, he will so do. But it's all entirely up to him. Okay? There's nothing wrong with crying out to God to remove the beam and open my eyes when you sense that you are not seeing what is really going on around you. Something you've been praying for, a promotion you've been praying for, and you keep running into blockages or, or something you're desiring to, to do for yourself or someone else, you, you know, or, or to achieve something in God, and it just doesn't seem to be happening, then you cry out to the Lord, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. What am I doing wrong? What am I missing? What should I be doing? How should I be behaving? Open my eyes that I, I, that I may see, because right now, Lord, I can't see. I can't see whether I'm doing what I should be doing. God can remove the beam and open, open your eyes to prevent you from doing something wrong and opening your eyes to see what is happening in that supernatural spiritual realm to help you. He can certainly do that. And again, I say we should not seek, this is important here, we should not seek supernatural experiences just for the sake of seeking supernatural experiences, experiences okay? I mean, that can take you down a whole wrong path. Supernatural realm is nothing to be playing around with. Okay, it's nothing to be playing around with. You need to make sure that you're seeking God. You're seeking God. God will take you into the supernatural realm and expose you to it as he wants to in his time if he so needs to do so or if he so wants to do so. Amen. Don't go seeking the supernatural. That can bring you off into, you know, a dark side here, a dark side of life. Amen. The supernatural realm is real. It's very real, very, very real. Okay, but just as there's the good, the, the, the lovely, the wonderful part of the supernatural realm where God is, there's also the dark side where the devil is of that supernatural realm. You need to make sure that it's clear in your head what you're seeking after and what you're asking of God. Okay? Don't go looking for the supernatural just to experience the supernatural. Again, there's nothing wrong with crying out to God and asking him to open your eyes when you sense that something is not right or something is not going where you are praying for it to go. We all have blind spots or beams, whether it's, it's personally or, 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 or with spiritual warfare. So cry out to God and ask him to flood your heart with light, to reveal what is going on around you, to open your eyes and to show you what he wants you to see, to show you what he wants you to see. He will give you nothing less and no more than what you need for the present time, the present moment. He is a loving God and he loves you and he expects you know, that you will indeed succeed. He expects you to be, to be victorious. He wants you to wind up being able to just jump for joy in life and to have a wondrous, wonderful time in life. Not to be there just dragging around and just barely making it, just barely making it. Not at all, you know. You know? And again, just remember that there are indeed spiritual beings there are blind spots in our spiritual lives that we need to make sure that, that, uh, that, that, that uh, we're doing what God wants us to do and that we are at the point and the place where God wants us to be. And we can do that. And if you can't see, then pray out and pray to God and say, Lord, I can't see. 
Lord, open my eyes. Please, I pray, Lord, open my eyes to anything that I'm missing or anything I need to stop doing, anything I should be doing, Lord. Lord, I only want to please you, only want to do your will, you know. Our loving God is a faithful God, and he does not want you to lose. Not at all. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be the victor and not the one that is vanquished. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please pass it on to someone else and let them know that God is there for them. Amen. We can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis 1, one word, genesis1.sermon.net. And when you get there, look in the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on the subscribe button, and you'll be automatically notified when these messages are made available uh, via podcast. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Why don't we go to prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you today, O Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for touching us and speaking to us in your own special way, O Lord God. Let us always remember, O Lord God, to call on you, O Lord, to reach out to you, Lord God. If we're missing things in our lives, O oh Lord God, we pray that we, you open our eyes, that we may see, reveal unto us the truth. Reveal unto us, O oh Lord God, those things that are going on in our spiritual lives, O oh Lord God, so that we can be all that you want us to be in the name of Jesus Christ. We only strive to pre please you, Lord God. We only strive to glorify you in our lives, O oh Lord God, and through our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you. We magnify you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Hope you enjoyed this message, okay, and go through the rest of the day and the week ahead of you. And, and remember that uh, um, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, remember that Jesus is Lord.